So let us have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this uh, wonderful week, for this wonderful time, for our opportunity to worship you openly uh, with just uh, hearts on fire. So we ask that you send your Holy Spirit upon us, that you help us uh, hear your word in a new and fresh way, uh, that you allow us to have fun uh, and celebrate and worship you with all of ourselves. We thank you and pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, welcome again to New Life. I'm Mark Myers, the pastor here, and am excited, if you can believe it, uh, the rest of the year, which I know that's, that seems like a long time, like five months, uh, we only have three main series for the rest of this year, for the rest of 2013. Uh, they are all, well, I hope all of our series have been good, but uh, they're ones that I'm particularly excited about this series. Um, is really concerning the Methodist movement. It uses our videos from our um, confirmation curriculum, so I wanted you to see what our confirmands uh, were exposed to, a little bit of it. Um, and we're not going to go through the, all of the curriculum, just kind of share the videos. So we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the Methodist movement, the beliefs of the Methodist movement, and kind of the theme of the Methodist movement, which is holiness. Our next series, Not a Fan by Kyle Eidelman, uh, is a great, great resource uh, I encourage you, we're going to do that on form on Wednesday night. We're going to do the book study. I encourage you, go pick up the book. I, I can order them, but this is a book that you can get at Barnes & Noble, at Family Christian, at Amazon, obviously online. You can buy it um, through uh, City on a Hill is his company. Uh, so you can get that pretty much available. There's a book and a journal. It's a wonderful, wonderful resource asking, are we a fan of Jesus Christ or are we a follower of Jesus Christ? And then our series after that will be Treasures of the Transformed Life, kind of focusing on some of the things we talk about when we talk about um, being connected to the church. And uh, that is uh, by John Ed Mathis, uh, a wonderful, wonderful pastor uh, in the Methodist Church. Uh, and that is available at cokesbury.com. And I can put an order for those and that again. How's that? So how much of that did you hear? <laughs> that was the right answer. So let's uh, open our Bibles. We're going to look at the uh, first letter uh, from Peter, the disciple. Chapter 1, which is the only chapter, verses 13 through 16. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, just hear these words from uh, St. Peter. Therefore, once you have your minds ready for action and you're thinking clearly, place your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you 
when Jesus Christ is revealed. Do not be conformed to your former desires, those that shaped you when you were ignorant, but as obedient children, you must be holy in every aspect of your lives. Just as the one who called you is holy, as it is written, you will be holy because I am holy. Awesome words from the Apostle Peter. Peter called the early church. This is in the first century. The first early first churches. He called them to be holy. He, his logic here is if Jesus Christ was holy and we should be like Jesus, then we should be holy. And he had scriptures to back that up. Now, 17 centuries later in the 18th century, the Church of England, which is one of the great Protestant churches, the, the first Protestant churches, they had kind of gotten away from their growth and their momentum and their holiness. That is until a group of young teenagers got together and started the Methodist movement. So we're going to watch a video. This is the longest of the four because it's a little history. And I thought it would be a lot funner to watch history this way than it would be for me just to stand up here and tell you. So let us uh, watch together a little bit about the Methodist movement. Jeff's going to turn off the lights. Did the Methodist Church really start because of some holier-than-thou teenagers? Back in the 1700s, a man named Samuel Wesley was a poet in the north of England. He's way too old to be a teenager. As genius is the strength be wit defined, the beauty and the harmony of mind. Uh, what did he say? Samuel was also a priest of a small parish and was known for being rather strict. Ah, terrible Christians. Which didn't always go over so well with his parishioners. Oi! Samuel Wesley! Samuel's five-year-old son, John, was inside the parsonage at the time. He's too young to be a teenager. Yikes! Come on! My Ewoks! Are you okay, little dude? John Wesley was more than okay. He saw that fire as the defining moment of his life. God saved me from a fiery death, like a brand plucked from the burning. That sounds like the Bible. Zechariah 3.2. I devoted my youth to religious studies. Now I'm a minister and a fellow at Oxford. <laughs> What's fellow? A fellow at Oxford lives at the university and is supported in all his studies. Still waiting for those teenagers. John's brother Charles was a student at Oxford at the same time. I may be only 19, but something's wrong with the Church of England. Everybody says they're Christian, but it doesn't change how they live. There must be a way to live a more Christian life. My brother is a minister. Perhaps he can help. I'm a fellow. I'm a fellow. Hey, big brother. I need your help. I'm a fellow. Oh, hello, Charles Wesley. My friends and I don't understand our fellow Christians. They say they believe, however... But they don't act any differently. That's it, exactly. Well, I am a fellow. Can you help us find a... 
Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, like like a procedure. A system of action. No, no, just one word. Uh, An order of thought. No, no, just one word. Oh, a method. You and your friends want a method for living a more Christian life. Wow, you really are a fellow. Can you help? Let's do it. And so this group of young student rebels set out to live holier lives. They fasted twice a week, fed the poor, helped the sick, visited prisoners, studied the New Testament every night, and fought an endless war against England's undead. You understand, being a vampire is hard. Wait a minute! All right, so they didn't fight an endless war against England's undead. Nor could we ever fight vampires, for even a simple crucifix is too much idolatry for us. Who are you talking to, Jack? Um... And in order to hold each other accountable, they met regularly in both large groups... (laughs) ...and small groups, continually challenging one another to put their faith into action, always greeting each other by saying... How is it with your soul? Good. How is it with your soul? Ah, good. Have you heard? People are calling us the Holiness Club. They mean it as a diss, but I think it is cool. Me too. Let's get jackets. Charles Wesley? My brother thinks jackets might be inappropriate. What about hats? They also call us the Bible Moths. I like that. Moths can fly. We shouldn't even be listening. You know, in passing, I've heard people snidely refer to us as Methodists. It doesn't matter what they call us. Wait, Charles Wesley. Cool friend one is right. I'm cool friend one. Right. Uh, The point is, we should turn their mockery against them. From here on in, we are all Methodists. How about the Methodists? The, the Methodists. Methodists! Or Methodists, for short. Methodists! Methodists. Bleh. Uh, <laughs> no, stop it with the vampires. What is this? Are you talking to me? No. Well, if we're going to start spreading this method, I better get myself ordained. John Wesley's brother Charles became a minister of the Anglican Church. However, many in the group did not. This mix of ordained and unordained preachers started a movement. Not every believer is educated enough to be a minister. That doesn't mean they aren't moved by the Holy Spirit. Even a woman can be so moved and should not refrain from preaching. Amateurs preaching the word. And they give the same sermon everywhere they go. By the time they reach your parish, their preaching is perfect. We sound boring and provincial to our own people. By what right do they preach to my flock? Let them get their own parish. The world is our parish. John wasn't discouraged by the cynicism and persecution that they faced. He believed he was commissioned by God to bring about a revival in the Anglican church, even when the priest of a town would refuse to let him preach in the church. Be gone, you Methodist. He would just find an open field and start preaching. As the movement grew, John Wesley organized the British Methodists into societies, classes, and bands. Uh, where members would practice the same method as the Holiness Club. But that's just the UK. How did the Methodists come to America? Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, 
Before there was an America, there was Georgia. And as governor of the province of Georgia, I invited the Wesley brothers to take over our parish in Savannah. But we're still Anglicans, Jackie. I mean, we're not starting a new church or anything. Of course not, Charles Wesley. And I'm not interested in the colonists as much as I am in these Indians. It's a horror what's being done to these poor natives and by Christians. It's almost as sinful as slavery. You can't be pro-Indian, anti-slavery, and a feminist in 1735. It's just not believable. Are you listening to me, Jackie? Who's that girl? Girl. Girl. Oh. Her name is Sophie Hopke, I believe. Sophie? Well, that didn't sound promising. We're finished! This is the end! Have we perished, Charles Wesley, and gone to heaven? If this is heaven, John, then the angels are bohemians. I spoke with them when we boarded. They're from the Moravian Church in Eastern Europe. Moravians? How can they be so peaceful in this terrible storm? Jackie, it's over. We are saved. The Moravians are saved, Charles Wesley. But I am lost. Like the apostles, one storm and all my faith was shaken. How could I call myself a Christian? It will be better in America, John. You'll see. All things are better in America. John assumed his duties at the Savannah Parish, but his heart was in ministering to the natives. Friends, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> uh, friends, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Friends! Alas, the natives did not feel the same way about him. And because of many other problems, John decided to follow his brother Charles, who had already returned to London. So here I am again, Lord, on my way back to London, on the very boat where my faith was tested. Thank you, Captain. <laughs> we are promised smooth sailing, but my time in America was anything but smooth. I will always regret my ridiculous behavior toward Miss Sophie Hopke. I shall never marry, for it would disturb my missionary work with the natives! Friends! Not to mention the complete lack of enthusiasm on the part of the natives. Help me, Lord. How do I regain what was lost? Of course... The Moravians. Segway! Who are the Moravians? That's John Hus. It's a hundred years before Luther, but he's already ticked off at the Roman Church. Church of Rome is bogus. Bohemia began as Eastern Orthodox and should remain Eastern Orthodox. What we call the Czech Republic was called Bohemia back then. Hus instituted many reforms and barely survived the backlash. The term Moravian, in fact, comes from a seed of his church that hid from persecution in Moravia for almost a hundred years. Take away! So, that's it in a nutshell. How do I continue preaching when I'm unsure of my own salvation? Preach faith until you have it. Then, because you have it, you will preach faith. Is it possible? Can you really find your faith by preaching it? I felt as though I was missing something. Thus we hold, then, 
that man is just then one night as we were reading Martin Luther's commentary on Paul's epistle to the Romans I felt my heart strangely warmed took you long enough Jackie with his faith restored John Wesley continued his mission to bring about a Methodist revival in the Anglican Church all across Great Britain It says here your heart was strangely warmed. Oh, wait, is this referring to that glowing anomaly that's been in your lapel for these 40 years hence? Uh, yes. It was like that first fire, Charles Wesley, at Daddy's Parsonage, remember? Uh, I wasn't born yet, Jack. Irrelevant. The point is, the Lord rescued me from one fire to found another. Personal salvation is ours through faith. God's grace is free in all and free for all. Let's go back to America. I'm ready now. Impossible. After the revolution, the Church of England is barred from what they're calling the United States of America. Well, that's a mouthful. Well, if we can't send them Anglicans, we shall send them Methodists. I beg your pardon? If we can't send them Anglicans, Charles Wesley will send them Methodists. Who's going to ordain these Methodists? I am. Oh, John! Don't oh, John me! God's grace is nothing if it doesn't show itself in your actions and your attitude. Even though John technically didn't have the authority to do so, he ordained three Methodist preachers and sent them to America to begin the Methodist Church. We'll be on fire with our enthusiasm for the Lord, and the faithful will come for miles to watch us burn. And all because my schoolmates and I thought our fellow Christians were pretty lame. Who are you again? I'm Charles Wesley. So, a group of teenagers really did start the Methodist. <gasps> Look out! Sad and attractive. Though the Wesley brothers never left the Anglican Church, they supported the new Methodist Church in America, which continued to grow and thrive. Today, Methodists number 70 million people in almost every part of the world. But no vampires! As far as I know. I think that's hilarious. I <clears throat> Might just be tailored to my sense of hu uh, humor, but so that's just a kind of a sample of the long and uh, wonderful history of the Methodist movement. If you are interested, if you really like history like I do, um, I have all kinds of resources that you could uh, take home or read. Uh, so just uh, talk to me about that. So I already mentioned that Peter called us to be holy like Jesus was holy. And through the video, we saw that John Charles and their friends wanted to be more holy. Now, what we haven't done is talked about what holiness is and what holy actually means. Now, holy comes from the Hebrew word uh, hagios, or I'm not sure how you say that, but H-A-G-I-O-S, you can look that up in ancient Hebrew if you're interested, which means different. Something which was holy was different from ordinary things. So the temple was different from ordinary buildings. The Sabbath, the seventh day, was different from other days. And we believe Christians should be different from other people. 
Now, the problem John and Charles faced is this problem we face today. It's that most Christians, I hope not all, but many Christians, look, act, and talk pretty much the same way as non-Christians. There's no uh, recognizable difference. But if Christians, or, or really, uh, maybe, maybe an argument can be made that Christians don't necessarily need to look different. Well, I think you can make an argument that they should. But if Christians act and live like everyone else, there's a serious issue. If you claim to be Christian and claim to be following Christ, and you live life the same way as your non-Christian friends, there's an issue. There's probably something off. Now, when we look at Jesus, people knew He was different. From the time He opened His mouth, from the time He taught, from the time He transformed people's lives, everything about Jesus said, I am something different. Yes, Jesus was God, but even His humanity was different. And being different was one of the things that got Him killed. He wasn't following the rule book. He wasn't following the playbook that had been taught year after year, century after century by his Hebrew brothers and sisters. Now, does that mean we need to force ourselves to be different just for the sake of being different? No, that's ridiculous. But we do need to ask ourselves, are we living holy lives for Christ? I think we really do. I think we need to be holy different in every aspect of our lives because that's one way non-christians people that we want to share the message to can see christ can see the church i think christian parents should parent differently i think christian spouses and marriages should look different i think christian single people should look different i think all that we do means loving God and loving neighbor in a different and meaningful way. Now, a friend of uh, New Life, Jeff Sanders, and founder of To the Sky, is a young man. And and let me just say something about being young. Um, It's easier to follow God's call when you are young. And, And it's easier to follow God's call when you're young because you have less responsibility. It's true. That is why it is even more... This has nothing to do with the sermon, but that's why it has more uh, importance and more emphasis that we work and we nurture and we love our young people, our teenagers, our youth, those who go off to college, those young, uh, single and young married Christians in our community. Because God is calling them to ministry. And they don't have to screw their lives up to follow that call. And so many of us have before we actually listened to God and said, yes, I want you in my life. Yes, I want you as my Lord and Savior. Yes, I want to live life your way and stop living my life my way. So we, we kind of rail on young people for being stupid, but really, if they're following their call, we need to respect that and nurture that. And, and I think Jeff, as a young person, is following his call. He left uh, his full-time job. He left his hometown uh, in New York, and with a tank of gas in his car, said, I feel God is calling me 
to share the good news of Jesus Christ through worship and music. And so he got a band together and he took off through the country and he lives gig to gig. He lives off of the hospitality and kindness of other Christians. And he's doing great ministry. Now the world would consider that very foolish. And most Christians probably would consider that very foolish. His parents might consider that very foolish. I actually, they are very supportive of him. I know that. But he's following God's call. And because he's following God's call, he's living life differently. And that's noticeable. And when they've been here, and when you've been able to talk to him, I think you've noticed something different. Yeah, he's still young. He's got a lot to learn and everything else. But he's living a holy life life. So I encourage you, (coughs) he's going to be here again on September 17th, which is a Tuesday night. Come support that ministry. Support him, a young person who's trying to live a holy life and look and act different. Now John and Charles looked to reform the way Christians live. And Peter did the same thing, even the few years after Jesus lived and died. But we need to do the same thing. We need to constantly be asking ourselves, Am I living a wholly different life? And is that transforming lives and transforming our world? So that's really what we're going to be talking about. Uh, We're not just going to be talking about history. We're not just going to be talking about Methodist theology (coughs) and belief. We're going to be talking about how a group of people called Methodists have chosen among uh, many different types of Christianity have chosen to focus on living different lives, living holy lives. So I encourage yourself over the next couple weeks, ask yourself these questions. Uh, And just over this next week, ask yourself these questions, and it's on the screen. How does being Christian and following Jesus make me different? Am I different because I decided to follow Jesus? Or am I the same person I was? Is my life distinguishable from those who do not follow Christ. And we're all works in progress, believe me. And finally, am I holy? Is that a word that I am comfortable using? Is that an understanding that I can accept that I've been set apart for this kind of ministry? So I consider ask you to consider that, and I hope... <laughs> I hope you don't think these are completely ridiculous because we have three more weeks of them. But I think they're hilarious. So we're going to watch them for three more weeks uh, and have a little fun learning about our Methodist movement. Uh, So uh, that being said, let's transition to our uh, third part of our worship experience uh, as the band prepares. Uh, Again, thank you for your uh, gifts and graces. We've been doing a lot of cool things. We're going to continue to do them ramp up some stuff here in the uh, end of August and fall. We will start our family and friends fundraising campaign. Uh, we are going to be doing uh, outreach for teachers, uh, the, actually the employees of our daycare here. Uh, so we'll get more information about that to you here in the coming weeks. Um, we do have a prayer walk next week, 10. We will meet here. Uh, and we do have a, a potluck or taste of new life 
fellowship dinner event after worship next week. So a lot going on here in the next few weeks, a lot going on as we start kicking off September. I do encourage you, um, go buy Not a Fan and the journal. Um, if you can't find it, just talk to me and I'll order them. Um, <coughs> and uh, we want everybody to be involved and everybody to read those books, Not a Fan and Treasures of the Transformed Life. Uh, so let's join together in a time of prayer and then we will transition to the third part of our worship experience, the uh, praise forwarding time. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the many gifts and graces you've given us. We thank you for your unending grace, which continues to uh, fill us with strength, with mission that continues to call us, continues to call us into wholly different living. Help us be holy in a way that helps others see you. In a way that helps us reach out to them. In a way that truly increases our love of you and our love of neighbor every day of our lives. Lord, we thank you for the leaders of our world, the leaders of this nation, the leaders of our community and everyone in leadership in the church. We ask that anyone who has the authority to lead also be guided by you. That they may lead us not to their own goals, to their own kingdom, but to your kingdom. Lord, we ask that you be with all of those who serve our men and women overseas, those serving at home. Be with all those emergency personnel, our police officers, our firefighters, our emergency workers, those who are working on the highway over this construction season, those who are preparing to teach our children, those who are taking care of our lawns, or who are going to serve us or make our food at our restaurant outing tonight. Help us become servant leaders in all that we do. Help us serve the hungry, the sick, the poor, and those in prison. Acts of mercy, means of grace. Lord, we ask that you be with all of those who are lost, those who are alone, those who need your love. Help us be your hands and your feet. Help us be your arms. Help us be your love. That we may truly share your message of new life, your good news to all people. Lord, we ask that you be with your church. Make us disciples, followers of your Son, Jesus Christ, who make disciples. Be with our church here at New Life. Bring us closer together and closer to your Son, Jesus Christ, in all that we do. And allow us to do effective and great ministry. That big or small, that large reach or small reach, we impact lives and the communities that you have given us a call to impact. We pray these wonderful things through the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.